Hi, Wanderlusters, and today we're exploring Canberra and the Canberra District, part one, the eastern side. Welcome to the Wanderlust podcast. My name is Janine and I run a wine events business in Canberra, but my real passion is travel and my bucket list is to travel to every wine region in the world. In this series, I'll be exploring some regional Aussie wine destinations. I'll give you some tips whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girls weekend, or you're dragging the kids along. Pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. So I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that I'm recording on and that I live at in Canberra, the Ngunnawal people. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and I extend that to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So when people think of Canberra, what do they think about? I think it's politicians, roundabouts. I think it's got an awful reputation coming from Queensland myself. Nobody can believe that I live here, but it's completely underestimated. It's such a great city, which I'm letting out the big secret (laughs) that all the locals probably don't want you all to know. It's very picturesque. It's very easy to get around. We've got a beautiful lake in the middle of the city. It's also a really fun place for a getaway for your girlfriends. It's got a very sophisticated food and drink scene. There's wonderful attractions for the kids. If you want to get a great little lookout over the city, behind the War Memorial, you can climb up Mount Ainsley. It's about a 40-minute walk up the hill, or you can drive up. And from up there, you get a wonderful view across the, the city. You can see it's very green, or in autumn, the leaves change colours here, which is a bit different from other Australian cities. But you can see all the little suburbs tucked away. But I think that the one big secret that people don't know about is that there's some like 30-plus wineries on our doorstep. So when you get to Canberra, what should you be drinking? A lot of the wineries have a huge selection of wines, but the flagship varietals are Riesling and Shiraz. The Riesling is crisp and the Shiraz is soft. It's a cool climate Shiraz. I'm speaking to John Ings from the Canberra Wine and Spirits Merchants. Now, John actually has his own podcast as well. They do virtual tastings hosted by Emma, who runs a wine appreciation course in Canberra, Picnic. So if you're really interested in some more Canberra wines, download those to listen to. In this interview, John's going to give us a little bit of a rundown of how he came about opening this store right in the CBD, focusing on Canberra wines. If you don't get a chance to pop out to the cellar doors, I strongly recommend checking out his store. So my interview with John was in his shop, so you might hear some background noise there, but I hope you enjoyed the chat. I'm here with John. Welcome. Thank you for your time to join us. Thank you, Janine. It's our pleasure. Now, John, I was really curious. You, I know that you've got a long history in retail. So how did you come about opening your own store and focusing on the Canberra wines? Well, Janine, since we arrived in Canberra, I've worked in uh, alcohol for liquor. And the, the longer I'd worked with them, the more disenchanted I'd been with the products that we're offering uh, our customers. So uh, I had an opportunity and enough money to open a store last year and we had the idea to just have Canberra-based products. And we're really proud of the quality of the wine here and we just thought that no one was doing it justice. So we thought we would just concentrate solely on local wines and spirits and beers and you know, offer a bit of a showcase um, for Canberra in the city. Because you've got some little chairs and tables outside your store, which we're sitting in right now today. Um, so people can come here and get a drink and sit outside, can they? Not officially. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they can taste wine uh, with us and we always have wine on taste. And you guys are going to be helping me out with the Wine to Lust 
box. So we're putting together a six pack for any listeners that want to try some Canberra wines. What's your current recommendation for people? My favourite wine is always the wine that I haven't tasted yet. So I'm always excited when a new wine comes into the store. For a Canberra-grown wine? Either going to be a Shiraz or a Riesling. The flagships, yeah. Yeah. I tasted uh, and really enjoyed Nick O'Leary's Haywood Shiraz. I I really Mm. loved it. Lovely single vineyard uh, Shiraz with, you know, lots of light and shade, made with the best quality oak, Drinking beautifully now, but 10, 15 years' time is just going to be superb. Fantastic. So John's going to be helping me out with a Wine Deluxe six-pack. So jump onto my website for details on how to organise that. So I caught up with Frank from Mount Majura Vineyard. His is only one of two vineyards located in the ACT. It's so close to my house that I could even ride my bike over there. Frank's a super interesting winemaker and making some really interesting varietals and I could have chatted to him for a lot longer. And one thing we didn't capture in our interview that he told me about was that if you're wanting to make a booking in there and you're staying in Canberra and wanted to hike over, he can send you out a map of how to get there. We did record this in his barrel room, so it is a little bit echoey, but I hope you enjoyed the chat. So I'm with Frank at Mount Majura. Thank you for meeting me, Frank. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> so how long have you been here? Did you set up this winery? Or? No, I did start after the previous owner. So the original owner um, started in 1988 and I came along in 98. So it's been quite a while. You were right in the Canberra circle. You're not even in New South Wales. A lot of the wineries around yeah. Canberra are located in New South Wales. That's right. So we're in the ACT, and the reason that a lot of wineries aren't in the ACT is that in the ACT we're on leasehold lands. So we don't actually own the land outright. So we're in a pretty good situation right here because we've got a 99-year lease, but that's really rare for rural properties in the ACT. Because you're so close to Canberra, people can hike over. Yeah, well, you so have some, people hike yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had quite a few, uh, like you know, little bushwalking groups or just couples or uh, groups of friends trotting over the hill, and we send wine home for for, for, for no charge <laughs> if they don't want to carry it back with them, or sometimes they leave. Kind of you. It's a beautiful hill. Mount Madura has uh, mountain bike tracks and walking tracks, and it's just a, a really lovely natural environment. That's one of the great things about Canberra because it's so planned. You can go from the city into the country just like you know. So Riesling and Shiraz are sort of the flagships of the region. That's right. But you've got a huge Tempranillo. Yeah, yeah. Tempranillo is actually the biggest area for any variety in our vineyard. And we only make wine from our own vineyard. So, yeah, Tempranillo was an experiment for us back in 2000. We planted it and first vintage in 03. And I got excited about it right from the beginning. It was just so different and so intriguing and really gave me a sense that there was a lot to explore there. So we've been pursuing Tempranillo now for a good while and it's our flagship wine. Yeah. So you've got a, th- a couple of different plots now of the yeah, Tempranillo. Yeah, three of them, yeah. So there are three and they're not very far apart. So Rock Block is the original one. Uh, Little Dam is only about 50 metres away to the to the south. And then there's Dry Spear over in the North Block, so that might be about 200 metres away. But the interesting thing about it, and this is what, one of the reasons I'm, I'm so excited about Tempranillo, is that those three patches make different wine and consistently from year to year we see the same sort of characters coming through in each of them so we really have this feeling that Tempranillo 
is so well suited here that it's able to interpret where it's, you know, the, the conditions in the soil, the, the aspect, all those sort of things that we can't even necessarily see. The Tempranillo can sense it and express that in the wine. So that's, that's what we're all about. No, I think that is so fascinating. I love that where the slightly different soil can make such a change to the wine. Yeah. So no, that's, that's I, awesome. I first saw that when I was in Burgundy doing vintage over there. And, you know, I was a sceptic about that sort of thing. You know, you hear French people always talk about terroir, you know, and it's all a bit mysterious and it sounds like wank. But when you're there and you see, you know, we were making the wine from all these different parcels and doing the winemaking the same, and then tasting the wine and tasting the wine from the previous year in the cellar, the differences were really interesting. So it, it made me realise that, yeah, if you've got the right variety in the right place, you can get to that level of expression. And also this varies from variety to variety. So say Riesling is a great example. Uh, I'm just a complete purist about Riesling. I just want it clean and expressing the character of the vineyard, lock those flavours up in the bottle and not meddle with them. Chardonnay, completely different story. Like Chardonnay, if you made it like Riesling, to me it's a pretty boring wine. But you can do so much with it that, you know, you wild ferments in barrel and, and all, all the rest of the techniques that you can apply to Chardonnay are actually needed to make that wine, you know, more interesting and, and better. Um, so in a way, maybe Chardonnay is not so much of a wine for expressing where it comes from. It's more of a wine where you can, you can have some influence and make something that you're, you know, you have a, a dream in mind of, I want my Chardonnay to taste like that. That's really interesting. I was looking at your wine list and in addition to all the Tempranillo you've got some interesting grapes there's one I can't pronounce I know it starts with an M can you tell us a bit more about yeah, that so that one's called Mondeurs uh, and so Mondeurs comes from Savoie and the Alps in France so originally when I did uh, there's not very much of it grown in Australia it's pretty rare and I found it when I just by accident really I was visiting a friend in France and I was visiting another friend and he said if you're going down that way go and visit my friend who's got this winery in Savoie so I went there and I was really knocked out by the, the Mondeurs. So Mondeurs is actually um, related to Shiraz. They're half siblings, so they share one parent in common, which is called Mondeurs Blanche. And so Mondeurs makes this really nice red wine. It's kind of got a little bit of Shiraz character to it because it can, it can be peppery. It's got really nice dark fruit flavors, but it's a little bit lighter and softer and, mm. and can be quite crunchy and fresh and really enjoyable. So, you know, in France, they talk about the mountain herbs character and so on. Of the wine we sell in, in fancy restaurants in Sydney, that accounts for a lot of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And you also have a Graciano. So we planted Graciano because in, in Rioja, in Spain, um, Graciano is considered to be the high quality component mm. of the blend in Rioja. So uh, that was fascinating. And uh, mm. anyway, Graciano is really interesting because it makes a really spicy, really distinctive wine. Like until you've tried Graciano from a cool climate, you've never tried something the same as that. You know, it doesn't taste like anything else. Well, that's uh, definitely an invitation to come and try it out. <laughs> that yeah, sounds fantastic. Yeah. So, Frank, you guys have got some accommodation on site as well. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, a young couple that used to work for us in the cellar door, they came to us for the project. They wanted to have glamping tents in the vineyard. And so we've just given them some space where they've set that up and they run that as their own little business. And it's just really great fun. We have the people come in, uh, do a wine tasting, They've got the whole vineyard to themselves overnight. They can roam around wherever they like. Um, depending on the package, they get dinner included. And it's, you know, a luxurious clamping tent. So, you know, full-size bed in there and, and you just sit up on the hill and enjoy the view and, you know, you've got the place to yourself. It is very popular. I think weekends are booked a long way in advance. And so, you know, there's probably a bit more availability on weekdays. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very popular. That's and that's great. called Naked Cubby. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. Pleasure. <laughs> 
So today we're going to talk about the eastern side of the Canberra Wine District. So this encompasses um, little towns of Collector, Gundaroo, Bungendore and Lake George. So Lake George is actually, it looks like a massive paddock. You look at your GPS and it looks like there's all water there, but when you're driving out there, it's just a massive, massive paddock. But it's quite stunning. If you were to drive out of Canberra, it's about 20 minutes and you'll see a sign for a turn-off. It's the Indigenous word, Wiriwa, and it means bad water, actually, because it was really, really salty. Now the, the lake is almost empty, although when it rains a lot, it does fill up. But apparently even in the 50s, it had lots of water in there and there was actually a memorial in there that a family drowned, which is really awful. So it's a really weird lake that can sometimes have water in it, um, but most of the time at the moment it doesn't. Also to the east of the lake, when you go up to the lookout, there's heaps of wind turbines. A former treasurer of ours talked about how ugly they were, but I actually don't mind them. I think they look quite great um, after the, in the distance there. As you leave the lookout, you head north. There's all bushland on the left-hand side. It's about a 10-minute drive. You'll see a turn-off for the two cellar doors, and one of them is Lake George. Sarah and Anthony took it over a couple of years ago, and I'm going to talk to Sarah today. So I've got Sarah from Lake George Winery here today. And Sarah, can you tell us a bit about the legacy and the history of Lake George? Sure. The history behind Lake George is almost 50 years old next year. I would say he's the grandfather of the Canberra Wine Region. His name is Edgar Reek and he was a CSIRO scientist and he kept driving past Lake George um, heading to Sydney for work and he noticed it would be a great spot to plant some vines and and an orchard and and grow some other things um, because there wasn't much frost. So um, he went on this journey and he found some land and he purchased it in 1970 and with his wife Mary uh, went about planting some vines and that really kicked off you know the the eastern side of the Canberra wine district. Now Look, at the same time, a gentleman called John Kirk also was quite interested in vines and he bought and then, of course, founded Clonakilla. So kind of all this was happening in the early 70s and they weren't aware of each other. And then a few years later, a few other well-known winemakers um, started doing the same thing and then they formed the Campbell Wine Region in 1976. Wow, that's so interesting that they didn't know of each other and they're probably... 40 minutes away. Probably. Yeah, and you know, I think they both also worked at the CSIRO. So there's something to say that, you know, scientists really enjoy winemaking, right? So tell me about how you and your husband took over Lake George Winery. So you've been here a couple of years now? I have. And you know, um, we've been in the industry now for almost nine years. And my husband brought me to Lake George Winery to the restaurant for lunch and said, guess what? This winery is for sale. And I said, that's really nice why are you bringing me here and you know schmoozing me you know no kids and all and he said you know why don't we buy a bigger winery and I thought why would we want to do that you know we already have 20 acres um, and an eight acre vineyard we have five children we've got animals um, and I work part-time and he was like well if we buy it we can live here and we you could work full-time and I thought geez that sounds um, pretty terrible, uh, living on a 300-acre um, property with 20 acres of vines and living in an amazing house that overlooks the vineyard. So we went down the track of um, purchasing Lake George, and here we are. So it's been two years, and uh, what a journey it's been. But, you know, it's beautiful to wake up in the vines, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And not only do you have your cellar door, um, you've also got like some accommodation here now. Yeah, so I love having small vacations and especially staycations where you're only going down the road for about half an hour. And I really think there's something beautiful and magic about waking up 
in a vineyard and, um, you know, watching sunrises and sunsets with a glass of wine and, you know, your beloved or just your bestie and or your fur baby. So um, we went down the path and we found this guy who was making tiny homes. So um, Daniel came on board and built his first uh, tiny home with us and we put little George up on the mountain overlooking the vineyard. And he's uh, perfect. He comes with everything that you can imagine, including a bottle of wine and some treats. And, you know, when you want to um, have a night in, then you just pull down the Murphy bed and climb into bed and literally wake up from the bed and peer over the vineyard and off you go. So, And the beautiful Lake George. Yeah. Too. And, you I, know, I love that. the I view... The view is beautiful and it's interesting that people go, you know, I love the view of the lake, but where are the water views? And I think that it's so funny um, that people say, well, just because there's a lake, it doesn't actually mean there needs to be a body of water. It's a great spot for stargazing. That's right. You're so right, Janine. Apparently, we're in the top 10 best in New South Wales. Recently, I learnt from a nighttime photographer was there, you watch the emu, it's called, of the Milky Way, and it literally rises up as the sun goes down um, above beautiful range just across from Lake George. And I've got some photos of it, and it's just absolutely stunning. That sounds fantastic. And so what would be the go-to grape for the eastern side of the Canberra district, do you think? When we bought the vineyard, people were saying we're known for our Pinot Noir. It was actually grafted in the 80s and looked after by the wonderful legends at Lark Hill, Sue and Dave. And finally, Sarah, if you are coming along with your family, what is something really cool that you can do around the area? Firstly, of course, come to Lake George Winery. We have two beautiful horses who love munching on apples. So if you come, bring an apple. We just cut them into quarters and we feed Champ and Cricket. They love a good nose rub. Now, if you're looking for something then a little bit more to do, what you can do is get the kids to grab their bikes or their scooters and head to Collector. Now, Collector's a gorgeous little historical town and you have to park at some cafe and grab a dingo so it's an egg and bacon roll and a milkshake and then after you um, eat some yummy food you can follow the bike trail which is probably about a kilometre and you go onto the road and you go past the gorgeous little churches and then past the cemeteries and then to the hall and there's a new bike path and then you follow that all the way down past the police station and another church and there's some big beautiful pine trees and then you head over to the oval and there's a great kids park you could then continue on and go past the beautiful dreamers gate that has a beautiful story attached to it apparently one of the most haunted buildings in new south wales um, with the bush ranger hotel and then end back at some cafe and collector wines that sounds awesome thank you so much for your time sarah and um, I'm enjoying your Pinot, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so what cellar doors should you visit? Some other ones out towards Bungendore area that I really like is Lark Hill. They do biodynamic wines. Contentious Characters, they've got a great winery that they took over a couple of years ago. It overlooks a beautiful vineyard and they've got really cool names for their wines. So, for example, their Riesling is called Dry as a Dead Dingo's Donger. So lots of fun stuff like that. Another one is Norton Road Wines. That's very close by to Contentious Character. So they specialise doing Southern American food. So things like your loaded hot dogs and your brisket burgers and things like that. So it's something a little bit unique in the Canberra region. 
So if you're looking for somewhere to stay, obviously Canberra is a fantastic spot. There are tons of hotels, tons of great restaurants, tons of activities for adults and children. Um, it'll keep you busy. There's a few pop-up bars in the parks on the weekends, and there's also um, water activities. You can do paddle boats or hire a little electric boat, the go boats, and that's a fun afternoon out as well. If you are staying in Canberra and you're with your partner or your friends, I'd stay around the Braddon area. The Lonsdale Street has restaurants with cuisines from every single place that you could imagine, as well as having cool bars and other nightlife. But if you live in Canberra or fancy just something a little bit different, I would stay in one of the surrounding towns. So in the eastern district is um, the town of Collector, Gundaroo and Bungendore. All of them are about 30 to 40 minutes from Canberra. The Town of Collector has a rich bushranger history, so you can go to the pub there and find out more about that. There's also a cellar door in town, a great cafe, and there's a beautiful artwork, a massive, massive gate that Sarah touched on, which is much bigger than I expected. It's probably about four metres tall, so it's quite spectacular to see. The little town of Gundaroo also has its own pub, as they do, has also a cellar door, but this also has a five-star restaurant grazing, which is really, really popular. So Gundaroo is a great spot for that romantic retreat or a night out with your girlfriends. There's also Bungendore. So this is a bigger town, has lots of little antique stores, and also has a French restaurant, Les Trebon, with Chef Christophe from Alsace. They're cooking your dinner. So that's a really special um, opportunity to go out there. There's a couple of motels and bed and breakfasts in Bungendore as well. So just to finish up with some quick stats. So Canberra is about three and a half hours drive from Sydney. You get here in about four and a half hours on the fast train. <laughs> Not. It's about seven hours drive from Melbourne. Once you get to Canberra, the wine district's about a 30 to 40 minute drive. The population's about half a million, but that includes the greater Canberra district. The flagship wines, again, are Shiraz and Riesling, but there's tons of other great stuff to try. And there is heaps of stuff to do for the kids. As you heard in my interview with John from the Canberra Wine and Spirits Merchants, we've got a Wine Deluxe six-pack. It's got six premium wines from the wineries that I've interviewed in episodes two and three. This is available to most people in Australia. If you live in NT or WA, just pop me an email and we can, can arrange some postage options for you. And you can find the information in the show notes or go to my website, Windelust, that's W-I-N-E-D-E-R-L-U-S-T dot com dot A-U. And if you do visit any of the businesses we've spoken about, let them know that you heard it through the Wine Delust podcast. Happy travelling. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe now to get the next series and any bonus episodes as they drop. Go to winedelust.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also access wine selectors for more travel information and wine deals. And Booktopia, where I get all my travel and wine books from. Till next time, happy wine travels.